guys. Welcome to episode 140 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, and Steph. And we have a great episode for you guys this week. It'll be a little bit shorter this week, just because there's not as much news as there are in some weeks to update you on. But we actually have a lot of really exciting episodes that are going to be coming up soon in February that we wanted to tell you about, because we're really excited about them. So right now, Taylor is, you know, kind of in the off season, not doing as much, doesn't really have any upcoming events or anything. So we really want to use this time to introduce you guys to some new artists that we think you'll like and other exciting episodes that we can come up with, stuff that we don't get to talk about throughout the year. So on next week's episode, which is going to be out on February 3rd, we are going to have an interview that we did with a singer-songwriter named Jeff LeBlanc, and you'll learn more about him on next week's episode, but I discovered him a few months ago. He's very similar to Ed Sheeran in his style, actually, and I think you guys are really going to like that. And then another exciting interview that we're going to be doing soon that will be out in February is actually we're going to be talking to Tyler Hilton, and he is another singer, but what's exciting about him is that he was actually the guy who played Drew in the Teardrops on My Guitar video. And I know we talked about that video last week when we did the old MySpace post, so He's still putting out new music and touring, and we're going to be talking to him, so you guys will get to hear that interview and learn a little more about him. And then, finally, something that I'm very, very excited about. Oh, me too. Totally. So, a few weeks ago, Taylor tweeted to let everybody know that on February 5th in Nashville, there's going to be a tribute concert at a venue called the City Winery in Nashville, where... Artists from all over are going to come and perform songs from 1989. And this whole event is to raise money for Musicians Corner, which is a charity that puts on a lot of music programs throughout Nashville. So it's a really great event. And Nate and I are actually going to be traveling to Nashville to attend. And we're going to be sitting down and interviewing several of the performers that are going to be there. And a lot of them are people from American Idol. Um, there's Chris Allen, Crystal Bowersox, both from past seasons. There's a lot of people from The Voice. There's Louisa Wendorf, who, if you guys remember, came out with the Blank Space style mashup last year that Taylor promoted that we love. Yeah, that one was really cool. I like that one quite a lot. Yeah, there's just all these really interesting people coming to perform Taylor's songs and raise money. So we're going to be there and we're going to cover all of that for you guys. So even though Taylor is staying quiet, we have a lot of stuff that we're really, really excited to bring you. I'm jazzed too. I mean, to be able to meet all these people and get to know them and their music a little bit better, I think it's going to be awesome. Not to mention it goes to obviously a great cause. So Yeah, it's going to be great. So stay tuned. Look forward to all of that. And if you have questions that you want us to ask any of the performers from this event, we've been tweeting out every day on SwiftCast 13 the list of who's going to be there. So if you see anybody that you know of or that you want to know more about, tweet us your questions for them and we will include it when we talk to them. So with that all said, uh, we're going to dive into some older tweets for you guys. And just a small aside, this isn't quite an older tweet, but it's something definitely notable, something we should all know at this point. Welcome to New York was written exactly two years ago today. Two years ago. So that was January 24th of 2014. I can't believe that was already two years ago. That's crazy. To be fair, it wasn't released two years ago. This Again, this is when Taylor actually wrote the lyrics, but still. That is crazy. And around the same time two years ago, I Know Places was also written, both with Ryan Tedder. 
And the reason why we know that Welcome to New York was written on that date is because there is a handwritten lyrics sheet, which I believe is actually on display in Cleveland at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It has Taylor's handwritten lyrics, and then it has the date on it, so that's pretty cool. I still have to get there to see that. That is seriously a stone's throw away for me. I need to drive there and go see that. I don't know if it's still there. I know that it was there a few months ago. Hopefully it's still there. I can't imagine they rotate that one around very much. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they'd even put it. Shouldn't it be in New York, probably? <laughs> probably, but... And it is Cleveland, so... I mean, not a whole lot going on there. But it is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so... I don't know. Well, our first actual tweet from Taylor comes from January 23rd of 2010. And Taylor tweets, Slept on a plane in a pile of Caitlin Bird and Elizabeth Hewitt. Now I feel sort of like a crumpled up shirt. Wow. The first thing I thought of right there is a crumpled up piece of paper... Oh, I know. Seriously, right. <laughs> As you were reading that, I was thinking, all too well. Wow. Our next one is from January 20th of 2012. Went to Sundance to see Rory Kennedy's documentary about her mother, Ethel. It was moving, hilarious, and beautiful. And we now know that that whole interaction is what inspired the song Starlight. Such a great song. It really is. It's an underrated song on Red extremely underrated it's only been played like twice ever i was gonna say that only i think as secret songs if i'm not mistaken yeah she played it once at an event for the kennedys it was i think in the winter of 2012 i remember she wore this really pretty gold dress and she had a guitar and she sang it if you haven't seen it you should look it up oh i remember that now yeah wasn't it an event for the Kennedys? or I'm pretty sure it was. I, I don't know if it was the first time she played it for Ethel, but it was an event for them. I remember when I went to the opening night of the Red Tour, before we went into the show, I was talking to somebody that had heard the sound check going on, and they were trying to tell me that Starlight was not on the set list, and I was like, I don't believe you. I was like, I don't believe she would leave it <laughs> off. <laughs> I was like, that has to, be, it has to be a mistake. And then sure enough, it wasn't on there. How unfortunate. Yeah, I think I was surprised about that, too. Well, our next one is from January 16th, 2013, and Taylor tweeted, Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, in all capital letters. Yes! And she included a link to a video of Samuel L. Jackson covering We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And if you've never seen this, you should go look it up now. <laughs> it is pretty funny. And our next one comes from January 23rd of 2013, and Taylor tweets, Quick photo shoot in London, and now we're in Madrid. BFF status to Ed Sheeran for hooking up my friends with tickets to his Nashville show. I want to go to Ed's Nashville show. I just want to go to Ed's show, period. <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere. It's, it's kind of sad now that he's on a break. Everybody's on a break. Our last tweet is one of my very favorite tweets that's ever existed from Taylor. From January 24th, 2014, two years ago today, she tweeted, Today at rehearsals for Grammys. I'm trying to remember. What was the song a lot of you were saying you wanted me to perform? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when everyone lost it. <laughs> Pandemonium all over the internet. Pandemonium. That is the perfect word because in my memory time hop from today, I saw some of my tweets from that day and they were not coherent. <laughs> <laughs> it was really late at night for me. Yeah, I think it was like 12 or 1. It was really late, I remember. Yeah, it was insane. And then I couldn't go to sleep because I was just so excited. 
I still, it's crazy that she did that. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, obviously the best Grammy performance of all time when Taylor sang All Too Well. It was the best Grammy performance of all time. Absolutely. And now I'm just left to wonder, are we going to get another tweet that causes pandemonium in the middle of the night again? I don't know. You and Adam have been really going back and forth with this, with you saying you think because she's on a break, she's not going to perform. Adam thinks, yes, I can't decide which one of you I agree with. I think it's clear she wants to be on a break. She's not been visible really at all this whole month other than to go to the gym sometimes. So part of me thinks she really doesn't want to perform, but to have her not perform for two years in a row would just be crushing. Mm -hmm. Then again, too, when she was at the gym before, uh, we ended up getting a music video. So maybe she's at the gym rehearsing for a performance for the Grammys, just saying. I hope so. Well, a little bit later in the news segment, we're going to mention the whole list of performers that have been announced so far. But I was wondering, so one of the very first performers they announced for this year is Adele, which is, I mean, I guess not surprising since her album is so recent but she's not nominated so it almost seems to not make sense for her to perform this year but i just wonder if taylor doesn't i mean i'm sure she already had made up her mind a while ago about if she wanted to perform but do you think that maybe she just doesn't want to be compared to adele possibly a lot of people compare them we actually did a discussion on this in episode 133 we talked about how people really do like to compare the two. And in my opinion, it's because nobody else in the music industry can sell records like Taylor and Adele. Other than that, I don't really think they need to be compared. But they're compared all the time with everything. So I could see why Taylor would be cautious about that idea. Yeah, keen to step out of the limelight for that. Yeah, I still think that she's most likely not going to, but there's still a few weeks, so we'll see. Well, this next part of the episode is also a throwback, and we wanted to include it because it's one of our most favorite things that Taylor has ever done. If you guys remember, Taylor used to have a MySpace. For those of you who don't know what MySpace was, <laughs> it was Facebook. <laughs> it was Facebook before Facebook, basically. So anyway, uh, MySpace, she used to have this thing, and she'd write these blog posts on it, and she'd share always these awesome things about her life, basically. And this one comes from January 23rd, 2009. Seven years ago. Seven years ago, exactly. And it is a touch long, but it is well worth the listen. So I'm just going to read it for you guys. The title of the blog post is, While I was in LA, my mom rearranged my bathroom. January 23rd, 2009. That's probably my longest blog title yet. So if you weren't able to experience the whole thing because it cut the last part off, due to being so long, it said, while I was in LA, my mom rearranged my bathroom. As you can imagine, my bathroom looks different now. When I left for LA, my way of storing all of my makeup and hair products was to pile it all on my bathroom counter. Most of it was grouped together in a very organized system, the pile. That's not to say the system was not flawed. There was one tiny, insignificant, recurring problem. If you pulled one thing out of the middle of the pile, it would create a giant avalanche of lip gloss and eyeshadow and other various cosmetics. Sometimes a container of powder, which was undoubtedly left halfway closed. So much fun to clean up. I was fine with my system. 17% of the time, it worked perfectly without disastrous results. I wasn't going to complain about it because whining isn't really my thing and I didn't have time to create another system. This takes planning and brainstorming. So, my bathroom has stayed the same terrible mess of piled-up beauty products for two years while I travel the world with the sad, unorganized state of my bathroom perpetually weighing in the back of my conscience. 
Then suddenly, everything changed. I came back from LA and discovered a whole new world. My bathroom is now a magical, wondrous place with cabinets for storing makeup and hooks on the door for holding scarves. There are even drawers for my hairbrushes and incredible little shelves for my towels. There's a new shower curtain in place of the one I've had since 7th grade. The one that has always secretly creeped me out a little, because it's all these people standing around and it looks really like they're watching me, which was weird. I never liked them, and I'm glad they're gone. There are little windows in one of the dressers, and through it, I can see the candles I used to have stashed randomly on the counter. Now they have their perfect little home, all gathered together in their tiny, organized sanctuary. But then I turned around and was startled by something. Where was my Britney Spears poster? No, this can't be right. Where is it? I searched the room frantically for a few seconds before finding its new spot. My Britney Spears poster, from 6th grade, had been relocated into my bedroom, which is another amazing upgrade. <laughs> this way, I see it more often, and it more proudly displays my unwavering devotion to Britney Spears. My jewelry has been neatly placed in these little jewelry containers that separate your necklaces, so don't get tangled in the huge, unrecognizable, mangled ball that it is impossible to untangle. That used to happen to me all the time, but now it's preventable. Also, I found so many things that went missing over the years. The most notable find would have to be my glasses. I couldn't believe it, but there they were. Apparently, they had been lost somewhere in the giant pile of cosmetic doom. I eventually gave up the search after a few weeks. Now they're back. The moral of the story is, my mom is wonderful and we apparently share the same hobby, compulsively organizing and straightening up around the house whenever we're bored. I can't wait to tell you all about LA and my life-changing guest appearance on CSI. Basically, when I'm really old and can only remember one story about my life, to go back and relive, and tell over and over and over again, to the point where my grandchildren roll their eyes and leave the room. That's the story. Ah, I can see it now. You know, when I was a youngster, I got to guest star on CSI. It was marvelous. So marvelous it was. It was that good. I'll tell you all about the rest. I love you with all my heart. Love, love, love. T. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I know her so much better now that I know what every inch of her bathroom looked like seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is so typical of, if I'm a sundress and cowboy boots tailor. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. I feel like Andrea should have made a vlog of her working on the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just of the whole bathroom remodel. <laughs> yeah. Like her commentary about everything. Now, this shower curtain, I think we've seen before photos have floated around. Isn't it people standing in an audience at a concert and it's on the shower curtain? I don't think I've ever seen it. I think that's what it was. I mean, at least there were rumors that that was what the shower curtain was. So that if you were standing in front of the shower curtain, it's like you're on stage and all these people are your audience. <laughs> that's kind of funny. That would kind of creep me out. I don't know. Well, she said it was creepy. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that's true, right? I don't know. As a guy, I cannot really relate to storing my makeup like that because I do it anyway. Uh, but <laughs> I kid, of course. But anyway, I thought it was really funny. I really love the, her blog posts from all those years. It's definitely missed. Yeah, I'm sad to see them go. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that little story. Now we're going to be moving on to our news segment, Keeping Up With Swift. Our first piece of news is that this past week, the Hong Kong Brand Management Association showcased Taylor's collection at the Hong Kong Fashion Week. And Taylor's collection is through a company called Heritage 66, and a lot of it was only available in China. But recently, Taylor's amazing dress that she wore, I think she was in an airport when we first saw it, it's black and it has letters scattered all around it, and the letters are her name. 
but it doesn't actually spell out her name. And it has a skirt and these sleeves that wrap around the waist of the dress. That is actually now available on Taylor's website if you would like to purchase it. Ashley actually bought one. Yeah, it's cool. I love whenever I can have anything that's exactly what Taylor wore. And this collection has a lot of really good items, so I'll be interested to see if more become available on Taylor's website. Yeah, I feel like they probably were testing it out in China first, and maybe they have a lot left, and that's why they're able to start selling it here. Yeah. One cool thing was at this show, they had the dress that Ashley just bought that I just mentioned. They had it available in red, too. The one on the website is only black right now. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you updated if more items become available. Our next piece of news is that 1989's worldwide sales have now reached 9,089,000 total, which is a lot. It's a lot. Well, in other news, Out of the Woods music video is close to 40 million views already. It just came out New Year's Eve. 40 million, less than a month. Yeah, that's awesome. It would be cool if we could know, in addition, since I'm guessing that's online YouTube views, how many millions of people watched it on their TV when it premiered on New Year's Eve, because I feel like that had to have been several million people, too. Yeah, I think everybody watches New Year's Rockin' Eve on New Year's Eve. Pretty much, yeah. There are a couple other random ones. I think Pitbull had something, but I don't know. Well, speaking of Pitbull, the Grammys has announced some of the performers who will be taking the stage for this year's show, and Pitbull's actually included. The other performers include Adele, as we mentioned earlier, Little Big Town, The Weeknd, Kendrick Lamar, and Justin Bieber. So Kendrick Lamar is the person with the most nominations, so it'll be good to see him perform. And as we know, he also is nominated with Taylor for Bad Blood. And The weekend also has a lot of nominations this year. So again, we go back to the question of Taylor also has a lot of nominations this year, but she hasn't been announced as a performer, so we will see what happens. Our last little bit of news, Vance Joy was recently talking about hanging out with Taylor. He said that they hung out a few times, especially when, quote, we played in Australia. I offered her a painting and she loved meeting my parents. It was a really awesome moment. And the painting, if you haven't seen, is really awesome. Yeah, it's got the Sydney backdrop, and it's really colorful. And Vance, um, I think he donated money to the company that painted it. And speaking of Vance, um, we'll be talking about this in a few minutes, but I actually just went to his concert the other night here in Chicago, so we'll be talking about that. So very quickly, we only have one piece of news for our calendar updates for you. Obviously, it's a very important one. We were talking about it a little bit. February 15th, the 58th Annual Grammy Awards. Now, Taylor is nominated for Album of the Year for 1989. She's nominated for Record of the Year for Blank Space, Song of the Year for Blank Space, Best Pop Solo Performance for Blank Space, Best Pop Duo Group Performance for Bad Blood with Kendrick Lamar, Best Pop Vocal Album for 1989, and Best Music Video for Bad Blood. And if you guys want to hear what we had to say about the Grammys, you can tune into episode 131, and we talk all about it, all of our predictions, everything for it. So please tune into that. And so now we're going to be moving into our mini-segments. And just a few for you this week, uh, but our first one, it comes from at TXSwifty on Twitter. Me, when shopping for clothes, what would Taylor Swift wear? Hashtag Swifty problems. Oh, I know. The daily struggle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's easier to do when you can get the exact dress that she wore. It's a very good point. Mm -hmm. 
Imagine if there is a whole store that was just the Taylor boutique of all her merch, all her clothes that she wears, all of her new Chinese line, just everything all in one place. Our next one is from at NevaWise13 on Twitter. When you listen to Speak Now on repeat and forget that you have homework. I can see how that would happen. Anytime Taylor does a thing, I forget whatever I was doing. That is a pretty big Swifty problem. And our last one is also related to Speak Now. It's from at HookedOnSwift13, who wrote, I went on a date tonight with a guy called John, and throughout the night, all I could hear in my head was, Dear John, Swifty problems. Ooh, I hope the date turned out better than that song did. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, jeez. Well, now we're going to be moving on to my favorite segment, the fashion segment. Our first bit of Taylor fashion comes from January 17th, 2016, when we saw Taylor leaving the Boa Steakhouse in LA, California. She wore a Kushni et Oc pleated high-low skirt. Normally goes for $750, on sale for $225. She also was wearing a Prada Safiano medium tote. Uh, that was $2,100. Oof. And finally, the Prada ankle boots, which are normally $990, but are sold out. And then on January 18th, when she arrived at the gym with Selena in LA, she was wearing the Nike Lunar Element sneakers in black and pink, $79. Her leggings were super dry, gym running capri leggings in charcoal grit, which are $39.50. And once again, she had her Prada Safiano medium tote, which is $2,100. And then on January 19th, when Taylor went to the gym in LA, she wore Nike shoes, which are called Flex Trainer 3, and they are unfortunately sold out. And then she wore a Lululemon Fresh Mesh Run Crop in Windchill Fatigue Green, which is $88. Her gym outfits are nicer than, like, my nicest outfits in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> and more expensive. Very true. Although the super dry running capri leggings are only 39 it's not horrible. They seem like really good leggings for working out. What she really needs to do is tell us what her workout routines are, because I'm sure a lot of people would want to know. Definitely. I remember when she was in New York, the paparazzi would actually get photos through the windows when she was working out. It was so invasive. It would be nice if she would just tell us what she does, though. I would also want to know her workout playlist. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be amazing. That would actually be really cool. Yeah. I bet she has a really good one. I'll just tweet her and ask her. Yeah, we'll find the scoop. Get the deets. So now we're going to be moving into our main discussion uh, for this episode, which our host Ashley was very fortunate to be able to go to Vance Joy's concert in Chicago. And I don't know, Ashley, if you want to say a few words about it. I mean, uh, one, obviously, it was a little bit more than just the concert. So this was the Fire in the Flood tour is what they called it. And so I guess it was basically to promote Fire in the Flood, which is his latest single that's out on radio. And they had a sweepstakes a few months ago on his website when the tour was announced. So I entered and I ended up winning tickets and meet and greets for the Chicago show, which was awesome. Yeah, seriously, my God. I bet it was pretty exciting. I mean, it, and it wasn't your first time meeting bands, but you did get to spend a little bit more time with them in a more audible setting. Yeah, in Denver, I got to meet him for about five seconds in the sound booth, and this time I got to meet him for about 15 seconds after the show. Nice. <laughs> but really, even though it was short, he was very nice. 
actually, it's interesting because his meet and greet after the show, I won through the sweepstakes and a couple other people won the same way. But there were like 10 or 20 people that actually were selected at the show by his management, kind of like Taylor does for Loft 89. Yeah, I wonder where he got that idea from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea where he thought of that from. But it's cool. I'm kind of surprised that in all the years since she's been doing the tea party, all these tours, that nobody else has ever done something like that. Seriously, it's such a good idea for promotion and, I mean, just for anything. I mean, really. It really gets the fans online and active and absolutely putting more effort into the shows. I was talking to a couple of girls that got picked and they made a bunch of posters and they were tweeting the posters all day and then they, you know, ended up getting picked through that. And it's great when people just do that stuff on their own without having any reason for doing it. But doing promotions like that really just like helps the crowd, I feel like, get more creative and do more things like that. Absolutely. At a Taylor show, you will not see a more creative crowd. I've been to so many concerts, and I say this all the time on our episodes, but the other concerts are just so disappointing because there are no lights or signs or costumes. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like once you go to a Taylor show, it's it's almost as though every other concert you go to is kind of spoiled. It's kind of like, hmm, it's kind of another show. A lot of people at this show had homemade shirts, which was cool. Oh, that is cool. Mm-hmm. So does he call this anything like a loft 89 or <laughs> <laughs> loft vance? <laughs> um, actually, the hashtag for it is you are invited. So if you get picked, they give you this like really cool looking black envelope that says you are invited on it. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Kind of makes it seem or, or feel anyway exclusive, which it is. Yeah. I think I've seen a photo of that and it looks really nice. I was a little disappointed since we were pre-selected, we didn't get the fancy envelope. It has a photo of Vance on it, right? Yeah, and then you have your pass inside there that you wear during the meet and greet. And then his management was really nice, and they gave everybody a photo of him to get signed and said, tell him your name, he'll sign it and personalize it for you, which was awesome. Aww. Now, the thing that always strikes me about Vance, because you don't really notice it when he's on stage, but for your pictures that you get with him, not just you, but for anyone, that dude is massive. So tall. He's like 6'6 or something crazy. It's insane. Like, he towers over Taylor, and Taylor towers over everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so much so that when I had my picture of him from Denver, and I was trying to print it out to get it signed for my meet and greet, the top of his head was so far to the top of the frame of the photo <laughs> that it was almost impossible to crop it to have both my face and his face in it together. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, this guy is insanely, I mean, he's humongous. And he seems to have like a uniform that he wears because when I realized in the photos from Denver and from the other night, both times he's wearing like a gray t-shirt and jeans. Okay. Probably wants to just kind of keep it casual, just simple for the pictures, you know? On stage, he wears something a little bit different, but yeah. Like a pirate costume, right? Yeah. Okay. I was very disappointed that he wasn't in one, honestly. <laughs> I just remember for the last Tampa show, he showed up in a pirate costume and his drummer had a banana suit on and uh, whatever else that the rest of his band members were wearing. That was too good. So for the actual show itself, I mean, as far as the set list went, was it similar to what he played, you know, for each of his opening acts? I mean, because I know he would play some of his songs and then he'd do some covers and things like that. Was that kind of what he was going for with his tour? Yeah, he played about... 
13 or 14 songs, I want to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy set list. I know throughout the 1989 tour, he changed up his set list. So through all the different shows that I went to on tour, I got to hear a lot of different set lists from him. So I recognized most of the songs. I'd heard most of them before. There were a couple new ones that he doesn't play as much. The only cover that he did was he did the song Cheerleader, which I'm sure you guys know. Right. Omi was a guest on tour too. Yeah. He didn't do the whole song of Cheerleader. He only did a verse or two of it in between another song, but that was cool. Did he do it well? Because it, I mean, just how the song flows, it seems like it'd be kind of a difficult song vocally to hit those notes. I think so, yeah. Okay, that's good. I've always thought his vocals were really good, and they definitely were. I love the parts of the show when he plays the ukulele. Oh, definitely. That was always the best part. That's how he'd play Riptide. Did he do it more than once? Yeah, he had it, I feel like, three or four times, and they actually sell a ukulele at his merch stand. Wow. So I understand there were a little bit of technical issues at your show. Yeah, it was crazy. He started his set. He got about three or four songs in, and then in the middle of one of the songs, at first he was singing, and then you could no longer hear him, but he was you could still see he was singing, and his band was still playing. So we thought maybe he was you know, doing the thing the artists do where they have the crowd finish the song type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because it seemed like he just sort of stepped away from the mic. But then there was this like huge crackling, popping noise, and the whole stage blew a fuse. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. So then everybody evacuated the stage. The, bands, <laughs> the, whole, the whole band, everyone just left. And we were like, what? Is it over? Like, what? Everyone didn't know what to do. And it actually took them like almost half an hour to get the equipment working again. What? Oh, that's crazy. What, the venue just couldn't handle uh, the amount of wattage they were putting out, or what? I guess not. I don't know. That ukulele, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the electric ukulele. It was crazy. People didn't know what was going on. Luckily, most people stayed. You know, no one really left because it was so early in the set. And when it happened, the song that he was in the middle of was Wasted Time. And he was getting towards the end of the song, but then when eventually they got the equipment working again, when he came back on stage, he literally just picked the song back up exactly oh from God. the part oh, that's that funny. he was at. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's cool that he did that. As if nothing ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> so how long was he on stage then, if you exclude the time when everything blew up? I would say probably like an hour and 15 minutes maybe oh that's good yeah like a little over an hour did he say anything about taylor about the 1989 tour or anything no and you know i wish that he had because i would have loved to see a crowd reaction if he had asked how many of you saw me when i was here over the summer with taylor or something like that oh that would have been cool that's always a bummer when they don't do that yeah i'd imagine a lot of people saw him Yeah, I was talking to girls in line at the meet and greet, and they pretty much all had been to the Chicago 1989 show. And I was just thinking back to right after the Speak Now tour had ended, I went to see Hunter Hayes here, who was one of the openers on that tour. And I just remember at that show, you could so tell that the crowd was like 90% came directly from Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) You can just tell. Although, I mean, I guess his fans are kind of the same demographic as her anyway. Basically the same, right? Mm. But it was very soon after the tour had just ended, and it seemed like that was how people were learning about him. 
So he actually had, Vance had two sold out shows here, which was cool. He said that this was the fastest selling out city on his tour. Wow, that's exciting. I guess it's expected since it's Chicago. Yeah, this is one of the few stops where he has two shows on this tour. Well, that's good. I honestly, I never hear him on the radio anymore. I heard Riptide all the time. But I do think that when the artist is from abroad, it takes longer to come over here. For example, Hozier's follow-up to Take Me to Church, I just recently started hearing on the radio. So hopefully we'll start hearing more advanced soon. Yeah, Fire in the Flood is supposed to be out on radio, but it doesn't seem to get played as much as Riptide. I don't hear Riptide that often anymore. I hear Fire and Flood. Really? I haven't been hearing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I'm just listening to the wrong radio stations. Well, I'll be seeing Vance in March, so I'm excited. I'm glad that Ashley had a good time. So what was it like meeting Vance after the show? It was awesome. It's kind of funny, I guess, because of like my experiences in Taylor's fandom and just all the different things that you see. I'm always very aware of... I guess, like, what my fan level is compared to other people's that I'm around. And I sort of felt like, I mean, these people that were in the meet and greet who got selected at the show were were hardcore Vance Joy fans. So I sort of felt like I shouldn't take up too much time and should just, like, move along so that these people that were, like, crying could have their time with him. Well, that was nice of you. Yeah, I mean, he's very nice. I think he kind of would stand and talk as long as you want, but especially because, like, the technical difficulties, I felt like they probably wanted to get it done. So I didn't talk to him for too long, but I just said, hey, you know, I saw you a whole bunch of times on tour with Taylor. It was great to see you in this environment, too, and good job sticking it out with all the technical difficulties and stuff. And he's like, oh, thanks. And, And then I showed him our pictures from Denver, which he was nice enough to sign for you guys, and that was about it. We took our photo and his manager actually took a bunch of candids for me as I was talking to him, which was nice of her to do that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, honestly, I thought of all the pictures I saw, the candids were the best ones. His management, or at least the woman who was working at the show, was really, really nice. And they were very apologetic about the technical stuff. And they just really gave all the fans a great experience, which I think we know from Taylor is very important to do. Yeah, I think anyone who opens for Taylor can learn a lot from her about retaining your fan base and just being kind. And Vance, I think, is just a genuinely kind person without even trying because he just seems to be that type. So it's probably easy for him. But I think Taylor really is a role model for how you treat your fans. I know that um, one group had brought him donuts and he later tweeted about how much he enjoyed the donuts. Aww. So the Fire and the Flood tour is going on for the next few months. It's going all over the country. So you guys, especially in the United States, and then I think he later goes to Australia, definitely go to VanceJoy.com and check out his dates and see if you can go see him. And Steph, I think you should make a crazy costume so that you get selected to meet him at show. I, yeah, I maybe should. Wear a banana suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I would love to wear a costume, but I don't know that I'll have time. But he's going to be touring throughout, even into the spring, into April, and all throughout the U.S. and in Canada. So check it out. So just some reminders for you guys. Please press the subscribe button on iTunes. And good news for you, it'll automatically download the latest episode every week for you. So, and if you guys want to contact us, whether to be submit for our mini segments, whether you want to just shoot us an email, say, hey, talk about Taylor, you can reach us at SwiftCast13 on Twitter. 
You can find us on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com. Our Instagram is instagram.com slash theswiftcast13. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash theswiftcast. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. Or you can find all of these things on our website, swiftcast13.com. So what do you guys think next week Taylor will do? I don't remember if I said this on a previous episode, but I definitely think very soon, if we even get to see her since she's been so hidden, she'll be spotted wearing her Grammy necklace. Mmm, as a good luck charm? I think so. I don't know. I'm hoping that we have a repeat of 2014 and Taylor will tweet a photo, maybe at the piano, teasing an Out of the Woods performance for the Grammys. But as much as I want this to happen, I'm thinking it might not. We'll see. And for my prediction, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of miss Taven. So I kind of want to see a good picture of them out and about doing something somewhere. Possibly at dinner with a random child. That'd be kind of (laughs) cool. (laughs) That already happened. I know it did. I want it to happen again. (laughs) Except you probably want to eat dinner with them. And it will be me. (laughs) And I won't just be looking at that menu like that kid. I'll be literally between them hugging them both (laughs) and (laughs) starry-eyed. And you probably would stay there for the whole dinner. Oh my god, wouldn't I? I'd be like, do I really have to leave? I'd be like, here, on me. It's on me, guys. It's on me. (laughs) Uh, That kid definitely has a lifelong story to share with people. That was pretty neat. If you haven't seen the photo of the fan who... Just join Taylor and Calvin at dinner. Go look it up. He just took Calvin's menu, sat down at the table, acted like he was just checking out the menu. (laughs) I'm so jealous of that kid. You have no idea. Well, anyway, for episode 140, Milestone Woo, this has been Nate, Ashley, and Steph. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. Swiftcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.